podcast. podcast. Do do Podcast. Two hoes. Two hoes. Four house on the hill. From Delco. Four house on the hill. Boop, oh, boop. yeah, that's a Two hoes. Two hoes. Two hoes. Two hoes. Big ass, big ass. Is this recording me? It's really low. Oh, hello. Hi. I uh, once again didn't get the uh, ring in there, so. Because I'm just sitting here waiting for you. Well, um, if we could try this again and have you let it ring a couple times, I'd appreciate right, it. Right, you know. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Oh, shit. Shit. I fucked it up. Oh, okay, cool. No, I didn't. Hello. Hi. Beth, I haven't talked to you in a couple weeks. Uh, yeah, it's been a couple weeks. It hasn't been just a moment. Not just a moment in time, but a couple weeks. Um, so you're, uh, wait, hold on. I got to tell everyone what's going on. Well, you're listening to Two Hoes from Delco. In case you didn't know that from, you know, clicking on the link and reading the description. Uh, that's the what you're listening to right now. And it's hosted by myself, Beth Heinley, and Maureen Cummings. Hi, coming. Funny last name. I know. And uh, this uh, episode is about 9-11. We've decided to uh, talk about 9-11 today. And I'd like to wish you, Maureen, a very happy post-9-11 because today is the 13th of September. Thank you. The, the post-9-11 days. You made it. You weren't killed. Good job. Not this time. Not this time, yeah. Um, so, anyway, uh, yeah, I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. Oh, crap, I just dropped the phone. I'm trying to get comfortable here. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. I'm really depressed because it's Sunday. It's the last day of the weekend, and it's like, I don't want to go back to work. And, and I was on vacation. It's the last day of my fucking vacation. What, today is officially the last day? Yeah. Oh, that sucks, man. How long were you on vacay? A week. It's so nice. Yeah, you guys went to uh, a lake? No, we went to stay in a cabin in these, it's called Getaway Cabins. It's like a company that does these, like, individual cabins um, that you can rent out. It's like 100 to a hundred and like you're looking at like 125 a night or something probably but they're great like this one um like it's there's other cabins nearby but like you can't see them they're far enough away that's like fine mm-hmm. um and then you have like a loft bedroom area um and then like a kitchenette obviously you have like a bathroom um and like a living area and then 
both of the ones that we've had have had hot tubs and then this one had like you went down like these little steps and there was like a little fire pit area so like I got to build a fire and it's you know it's just like your space is really really nice yeah and like a whole week like what did you guys do did you go four days so uh so we got there like saturday night and then we left wednesday morning um yeah it was nice we like watched tv um hung out got in the hot tub did you go hiking we, at all i mean we walked around the area we're not we didn't like go to any specific hiking trails this time oh okay. um we were like trying to avoid people and it was holiday weekend, so it's like stuff was pretty crowded. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we definitely got enough time sitting outside. Like, there's like an upstairs. There's also like an upstairs deck and a downstairs deck in this wow. one. Wow. So like, yeah, I mean, it was like super relaxing, and you had enough like space or like space around the area to like like we went driving a couple times. It's like just beautiful area to drive around in. Um, so it was nice. I do I, I, <laughs> I do cabin camping like in the uh winter time. Uh yeah. when when uh you know it's not like it's when it's cold, you know. Um and I'm a part of the uh Potomac Appalachian Trail Club. Cool. And they have cabins too, uh mostly in Virginia. There's there's some in uh Pennsylvania, but they're really cheap, but they're also very primitive like there's no electricity um or running water uh and there's you have to shit in an outhouse um you know they're really primitive but uh and also you have to like i mean not all of them you have to literally hike in but most of them you have to hike in um so that's not for everybody either but i enjoyed them i enjoy them for their seclusion and cheapness and also I like hiking so if I'm doing cabin camping I want to be like near some trails and yes. you know hiking or mountain biking ideal but um so I get you uh nature is a recharging thing yes exactly and there's like away from people away from the city just mm. that was very very nice um, yeah, I would like to do more hiking, but I'm, like, not physically prepared to do so at this time in my life, unfortunately. Really? Yeah. How, how come you can't go hiking? I don't know. You seem pretty able-bodied to me. I don't... We hold should, on. we should go hiking, actually. You know I, what? Hold on a second. What? God damn it. I have a cat situation. Oh, Okay. What are your cats doing? Oh, I guess the whole thing. They're escaping, and Carl, Carl's at working, so I can't, like, talk uh -huh. out there. But, like, Gonzo was, like, throwing up, so I, like, just went to, like, get him out of that area and give him some food. And so I did that real quick, and then the other one was escaping from the bedroom, and he's the problem child, so he can't be out while Carl is working. This will mess with, like, the computer and stuff. Wow, he's that much of a asshole? He can be, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, if he just decides he wants attention, it's just like it, he needs it needs to be quiet because yeah. Carl's on the phone. Yeah. So yeah, he'll be really annoying. Um. Oh, um. Oh, because I'm sorry. So yeah. what I wanted to explain was like, yeah, I mean, like I can do like definitely like short hikes. Like I like a two mile hike is like fine. 
Um, but like more than that, I just am not in, really in shape to do that right now. Like I feel like I want to like I need to walk more frequently and get myself into better shape. Otherwise, I just want to enjoy it. We should do we should do a pod if you're uh, ever you know okay with it uh, hiking in the Wissahickon here. I, yeah, I mean, in the future, I'm definitely down to do that. Yeah, I mean, you it definitely you don't have to do uh, long hikes. You could do like a two mile hike, no no bigs, you know. But there are the Wissahickon now. There's, I mean, there's a lot of people. So I don't know if you'd be comfortable going down anytime soon. Probably not, but I mean, maybe in the spring. Who mm. knows? I don't know what the world's gonna be like. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, fall's approaching. Uh, we're going to be getting into cold season soon. So I guess we're going to see where this pandemic takes us, What what's going to happen. Um, should be fun. Yeah, it's going to suck. And I think, you know, yeah, because people will, well, you know what, maybe people will get sick less if they're wearing their fucking masks. And maybe they'll just get less colds. But people aren't being idiots and like, being up in like each other's families for the holidays and shit like maybe things will be fine wait wait what are you saying you're saying that th- people will I'm be saying if people continue to properly social distance and wear their masks and stuff i think maybe people will get less colds and stuff anyway because uh-huh. they are having less exposure yeah. um but what i'm saying is like i feel like people are just get like losing interest in this whole thing and so people are going to be like having holiday gatherings and people are going to get sick anyway so then we're going to have tons of people with like the cold and the flu and everyone's going to be like Do, is it covid is it not covid everybody's gonna be like no nah, it's just a cold or like some somebody's gonna blow a fucking cold out of proportion like it's mm-hmm. just yeah it's gonna be a shit show i think yeah, I really hope people this year, like, I'm for me anyway, I mean, it's an inevitable, I usually get sick once a year at least. Um, yeah. And it's an inevitable that, inevitable that we're all going to get that cold, you know. Uh, yeah. I just hope that people, when they get that cold, they take it more seriously than before. And just yeah. be like, okay, call, you do, you, you just have to call out sick if you have a fucking cold. Don't go to work. I know that's I think that's going to be the challenging because thing. so again, many people employers, ahead, well uh yeah no people work sick because yeah. you, nobody gets sick days and all this shit yeah. and you know so I pe- don't, yeah my mentality is the same I work sick all the time yeah, like I do not take off for work yeah. when I'm sick and I get pissed off if an, a co-worker does you know um because uh the way that all businesses work is like fuck you workers so if one worker takes off like you're you're just given double workload like there's no fucking measures for like people being fucking sick because everyone runs businesses like fucking assholes in this country uh anyway so i'm just like we all know this stuff all workers like we all we all very much understand this bullshit and just in solidarity if we get sick we can't we have to call out sick we can't just fucking deal with this shit you know agreed anyway what were you gonna say before i interrupted you oh i don't I, I'm not sure. And now I was listening to you and I don't remember, but that's okay. I uh, feel like it was super important. Well, I think, too, it's good that we're talking about 9-11 today um, because maybe 
uh, we can remind people, you know, as in never forget that your government does not give a fuck about you. And I'm definitely on the Bush did 9-11 spectrum of 9-11. So uh, your government does not give a fuck about you. They will, like, you know, orchestrate uh, the deaths of 3,000 people to accelerate them, their own personal family business into an oil uh, industry war in Iraq fucking bullshit um, charade if they need to. And they'll fucking kill you. So they don't care about whether you're wearing a mask or not. They really no. do not fucking care about you. So, no. like... Human sacrifice. Tale as old as time. Uh, which is really sad, because I think it just propels, like, this whole idea of sovereignty and individualism, which is actually kind of dangerous, because it alienates us mm-hmm. and disconnects mm-hmm. us. Um, and yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, we, you, we can't trust the government, so... Um, yeah, and I was wondering, oh, did you guys listen to the True Anon pod on your drive? Uh, no, but I did listen to it. Uh, well, I listened to the first episode, and then today, before we talked, I listened to, like, the beginning of the second one, and it was really interesting. Um, I already bought into the 9-11, it was an inside job thing. Yeah. I knew previously that like there were ties between the bushes and the saudi arabians and the bin ladens and um so so a lot of it this was like i had heard of i already accepted a lot of this to be true and then um hearing a lot of details was really interesting i do remember hearing like the carlisle group before or maybe that was like in the dick cheney movie but like um well there's also that doc the zeitgeist i think it's fucking common sense like yeah. Like it was allowed to happen. It was probably somewhat orchestrated. Like it was, it was to the benefit of certain people. So it happened, and nobody gives a fuck about the people that died. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck about the people that are dying now either. Nobody in power who matters. Yeah. Nobody. Um, Actually, people are just using it for their own financial gain, and it's like super widespread, and nobody sees it, and it's like really frustrating. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, there. Well, the so in any case, just for our listeners, if if because uh, we talked really fast through that, but um, the true true anon uh, podcast, I think like uh, it's a pretty popular podcast. I think everyone probably knows about it, but uh, they did a whole nine eleven week this week for nine eleven, and there's like four part episode actually. So it's like four hours. Well, actually. Four, like, two-hour episodes um, on the conspiracy of uh, 9-11, um, and it's laid out pretty plain-spokenly, not very tinfoil hatty at all. It's, like, it makes absolute sense, um, and, you know, I recommend you give that a listen. There was also this documentary they linked to on YouTube through their Patreon called, like, The New Pearl Harbor. Because that was actually like a, a phrase Dick Cheney had said in previous years to it like somehow enact the, the whole Patriot Act bullshit that we live under yeah. now, which is that we have no privacy um, and uh, or rights. Um, and <laughs> and uh, he said something like what we need is a new Pearl Harbor. It was like something to the effect of that uh, to initiate these laws. 
to be able to get the American public to sign on to that. And, um, yeah, anyway, but, uh, if you want to listen to our podcast about 9-11, that's great. We're, we're going to talk about, um, mostly just, uh, unresearched, uh, info stuff. And, uh, yeah, so we don't do research on this podcast. This is not an educational podcast. No, very tinfoil hattie. Yeah. And we also don't, have uh very good memories so we forget no. things yeah yeah no memories and i also just don't research things properly at all like i'll just read something i'll be like i guess that's true yeah a lot of misinformation here so uh you know listen to this uh you know at your we you know we informed you of what's going on here so you know listen to this as entertainment uh, but also, uh, as uh, I think you should listen to it as truth as well, actually. I mean, it's probably more true if you think about Absolute it. Truth. You're right. It's superior truth. And, uh, yeah. And anyway, so the True Anon podcast did this, uh, there another, uh, I actually just rented it on YouTube. I, I thought it used to be free on YouTube. It's called the Zeitgeist documentary. Well, that's like my, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, that was my intro. That, that made uh, other than, all right, much like our president, mm-hmm. Donald Trump, I make decisions, you know, based on my gut, like we were talking about, and not research or anything like that. Right. Um, so in my gut, I felt like, yes, of course, like, this is fucked, like, the 9-11 thing is fucked up, something's not right here, I think everybody felt it, mm-hmm. in some way or another, and um, this, like, guys documentary kind of put it all together for me as far as like you know showing the pictures uh you know showing the video of the collapse and all that stuff and just explaining kind of how it didn't make sense yeah and i would say part three of the true nm podcast really goes into uh how as well the the twin towers um and then also there was three towers that were went down uh very conveniently, the third tower had CIA offices that were just obliterated that day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, um, but in any case, they talk about how, like, well, first off, you you know, the whole jet fuel can't melt steel beams thing, uh, which is absolutely true. That is real. It makes no fucking sense that these buildings collapse and that also the way that they fell was a looked like a controlled demolition and then there there were reports of explosions in the basements of um one of the towers uh a person who survived so and even just like watching it over and over again it's so obvious that this was a controlled demolition and I mean, the shots were just so beautiful in the news that they captured. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, it was very much. Uh, yeah, it and it was too perfect. And today you can go to the nine eleven uh, memorial uh, and get yourself a t shirt, a mug, magnet, what have you. Uh, and you could probably, I don't even know, but I imagine there's probably, you could probably light a candle. Or something there too, I bet. Something like that. For like, you know, a dollar. Uh so yeah. All... New York, that would be like ten dollars. Oh yeah, that's true. I'm thinking Philly. Um yeah. 
and anyway, so, and we'll, t we'll, you know, what I like to do though, really is, um, as we're talking about the topic of the podcast, this is like a section of the podcast where we talk about the topic of the podcast. And then we abruptly cut that off to move into the typical, uh, you know, podcast structures. I listen to a lot of podcasts myself. And I mean, that's why I have a podcast and I very much want us to be a structured, uh, atypical. No, wait, is atypical means not typical, right? Yes. Okay. Well, no, I want to be a typical, not atypical, but atypical. Does that make sense? Podcast. Yep. And uh, I just laughed at my own joke there. And uh, it was a joke. That was a joke that I just told. Thank you for signaling that. Um, I wouldn't have got that. Yeah. I mean, it was funny. And uh, I was going to make a 9-11 joke, but that would be in poor taste. So in any case, uh, oh. the next sections of the podcast uh, that we have here that are like uh, typical pop podcasts are we have a... Uh, Patreon section of the podcast, join our Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash two as in number two, pose from Delco. And uh, yeah, join our Patreon uh, for a dollar a month. We will uh, say thank you to you over the podcast uh, with your name. I would like to officially uh, thank Joe Paco 69 for being one of our first dollar patrons on the Patreon. Thank you, Joe Paco 69 for um, supporting us financially, just a dollar a month, and uh, we appreciate you. Uh, for $5 a month, we have T-shirts and stickers. Uh, and we also now both the dollar patrons and the $5 patrons get an extra, uh, episode of the podcast every week, every two weeks we do a podcast. And then for the Patreon, we do a weekly, uh, Patreon exclusive episode. So if you want more to host from Delco's topics in your life and, um, you get frustrated because you don't hear from us in like a couple weeks, you don't know, like... <laughs> When's the next episode? We can't wait. Uh, we we understand how uh, the tens of listeners feel uh, of this podcast. So we, that's why we have the Patreon episodes. And if you're a $5 patron, we have an extra Patreon episode for you every week. And, yeah, so uh, sign up for that today. Get your two hosts from Delco's t-shirt. We got stickers, you know. And, you know, just for a dollar, we'll say thank you on, on, on live on the air. Mm -hmm. uh this is recorded though um not, not live uh no. so uh yeah and in any case but okay so that's the patreon uh section of the podcast and uh i should let you know we don't actually have a patreon yet um you know i think i maybe i'll make one i don't know i don't know if i, I don't think i want to do it but uh you know, before I was trying to get advertising sponsors on the podcast for us to make money, and it just wasn't working out, even as I thought it was we would do, like, fake jingles to advertise how good Maureen and I would be at doing an advertising uh, on the podcast. Like, Maureen, you come up with jingles, like, on the fly all the time. I am the Oracle Poet. Uh, do you think you can come up with one for 9-11 real quick? Oh, my God, yes. Yes. Okay. Um, 
got the twin towers, twin towers, ooh, ooh. here comes a plane. Ooh. Twin towers. <laughs> um, that was pretty good. I don't know. I, I think you've done better, but uh, I like the pause, the elongated pause. That well, was. I couldn't think of something to rhyme with plane other than pain, but I didn't really want to get into that yet. In well, a jingle? Yeah, not in a jingle for an advertisement yeah. for 9-11. No, you don't want to do that. That's no, a poor taste. Sound effects. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we were doing those for a while, and uh, no advertisers uh, approached me. So that's when I decided to go for Patreon. I, this must be the, the easier way. I mean, do you really – I see these uh, podcasts that have Patreons, Marie, and they're making like 16 grand, 20 grand – 50 grand, 100 grand a month. Fucking a month on Patreon. These podcasts. Damn. Yeah. Are they filming their vaginas? Uh, some of them are. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, that's definitely that kind of money. Um, But, yeah, I mean, some of them, like, no, are not doing that. And they got all these people that just are fucking throwing money at them for their extra pods every week. Which, which to be honest, the real popular pods that are on the Patreons, people who are subscribed to the Patreon leak their Patreon episodes anyway. So, really, it's just people, like... You know, being like, I have five bucks and I don't mind giving it to these people for being entertaining part of my life. So uh, it's really sweet, actually. It's actually quite a sweet, sweet relationship. But in any case, I was like, all right, fuck advertising. We just need to get, literally get patrons. That's all. Um, So anyway, uh, one day I'll make, actually make a Patreon page, maybe. Uh, and, okay, so that's that section of the podcast. I haven't done the section of the podcast that asks people to rate and review us. I haven't done that in a while. Um, if you are listening to this and you enjoy listening to this and you are one of the ten people listening to this, I implore you to go and rate our podcast wherever you're listening to it. I don't care. I don't care where you rate our podcast, you know? Um, I do. I do. Oh, you have particular... Where would you like them to rate this podcast? I'm not telling you. You just have to guess. It's probably SoundCloud, I think, because you're an Android user, so... Yeah, that's the only one I have, SoundCloud. Um, Okay, so go rate us on SoundCloud. And... That's great. If you're listening to us on something, rate us on that. Um, we have a, uh, a lot of listeners coming in from Russia. We have listeners coming in from Ireland. We have listeners coming in from, uh, the UK. We have listeners coming in to us from Philadelphia and Delco, Delco listeners. Shout out to our Delco listeners. You're our most faithful and loyal fans of this podcast and we love you. So please go rate and review us. Hello. And uh, we appreciate you. And uh, so that's that section of the podcast. Pretty quick one. Uh, the other one is the recap section where we talk about the last episode of the podcast. This is, you know, not all podcasts do this, but I think uh, I appreciate the ones that do because I like to get, uh, you know, a little touch base. I like to do a touch base. Uh, and also it adds a chronological like element to listening to podcasts, which I, I think, 
uh, I would like to strictly abide by uh, the chronological order of things. So, yeah. Um, let's see. The last one, I uh, what did we talk about last time? I don't even remember now. Um, it was just two weeks ago. I know, but so much has happened in that time with me. Not really, actually nothing. Hmm. Um, was it... Oh, wait, was it was it The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Oh, it was, yeah. All I could think of was Parallel Universe. But, yes, it was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, 42. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that Parallel Universe uh, episode is the one that we got all the Russian listeners on. So I don't know what the fuck's up with that. I don't know what the fuck is going on there. It's another conspiracy that's developing. That's what it is. Um, yeah, so we talked about Hitchhiker's Guide. I mean, I... I actually did not really, I thought that was a, not a very good episode. I didn't like it. I thought we said, uh, oh, um, a little bit too much. The, the spice was not flowing. <laughs> that's um, a, that's a Dune. That's a Dune reference. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um. What's that? So somebody likes Dune. I never read it. I you you don't have to read it, Maureen, because you went to Catholic school and you know the Messiah myth. Um, so you don't have to read it. Actually, speaking of the zeitgeist, because the zeitgeist is about you know the, um, you know overarching biblical themes uh, of politics and religion back to the Egyptian era, and Dune is very much like that. You know, it's the Messiah, the Christ child, being born of the Virgin, and you know, coming into the world and being magical and doing shit. Um, uh, except also, but Dune's like kind of like colonization as well. And of course the Christ-like figure is about bringing together these cultures and colonizing for the spice. The spice will flow freely and, and, um, it's all fucking, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I didn't really like Dune. Uh, but, you know, maybe I should give it a reread. Yeah, I, I, I know that I would probably like it, given... Did you, have you seen a David Lynch one? No. Well, people always give me shit because I always say, like, it is very imaginative, but the David Lynch one is, is, like, I don't know, it's so weird to me. It's not like the book, how I imagine the book at all. I know what you mean. So... Yeah, that's always tough, like, when you read the book and then you see this movie and it's, like, nothing. It's, like, the, it's more his vision. It's a David Lynch, it's Lynch's vision of Dune and not, like, really how you read it. So I'm kind of hoping the new one with Timothy Chalamet is um, more true to the book. Um, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. And yeah, uh, yeah, Hitchhiker's Guide. We talked about it. We talked about it all. I think we covered it. Good. I don't remember anything that needs to be said. Um, I mean, I literally just remembered what the topic was five minutes ago and then started talking yeah, there, about it. I mean, there's so much like within those books that it's, it's hard for me to express why I like them so much. That was beautiful, Maureen. I know. 
So, okay, that's the recap section of the podcast. The next section of the podcast, the apology section of the podcast, which has been really short as of late because no one ever writes in to ask us to apologize for things. If you want the apology section of the podcast to be longer, you need to write into us. You can find us on Twitter. I am Beth Heinley on Twitter, B-E-T-H-H-E-I-N as in no, L-Y. And uh, Maureen, uh, people think I'm saying M when I say N. Why are you laughing at that? Because you're a whore. Uh, Marine's podcast, I mean, on Marine's Twitter, uh, speaking of whores, is mocom99 at M, as in, as in Marine, O-C-U-M, just one M, 99, mocom99. And, uh, yeah. I mean, so much of that handle is just I, I wonder how many perverts follow you I, all that follows me um and anyway so you can dm just kidding, us just kidding followers just kidding slide into our dms and if no. you if or. we have said something that was offensive to you or your family or your friends especially your trans friends Please write into us and ask us to apologize. We are white women, okay? Um, we, you know, uh, have a lot to be sorry for. We just do generalize white women apologies, too. I feel like that might be more popular given then that you and I on a personal level are really perfect, which is why we're not getting any requests for apologies because we have nothing to apologize for. Like, we're always right and mm-hmm. correct. Um morally you know and like logically correct and factually and co- so maybe, we're coherent just, too right and yeah. maybe, maybe if you just uh ask for us to do general white women karen apologies we do karen apologies somebody was like somebody tweeted and it's actually a writer i i like um they tweeted uh uh, you know, I, I like the Red Scare podcast. I like listening to Red Scare. I don't like, you know, uh, agree with literally everything they say, but that's true of literally everyone I know uh, in my life. I don't, there's actually, I can't think of one person that I 100% agree with all the time on everything. Uh, I think I think people, uh, that's kind of like a sick mentality uh, to hold up to people, to need to agree with them on everything. It's like, really like get a fucking life. Anyway, someone said, uh, somebody tweeted that red scare fans have incoherent politics. I hate them or, you know, something like that. And I just was like, I guess I was offended because I'm a red scare fan. But then also I was like, I do have incoherent politics. So what? I mean, I think what they meant to say too, though, telling who has coherent politics anyway, how could you, how could you fucking have coherent politics in this day and fucking age? Right. Please. Um, I think what they meant to say was that they think red scare fans are stupid. 
And mm-hmm. and I think that's actually like the problem with even talking to po- about politics on social media is that everyone's expected to be like these super intelligent fucking geniuses or they they think that they are and yeah. they think that, you know, and then there's people who are more relevant to the conversation. I'll be the first to say that I actually, I have no seat at the fucking table, okay? I have 513 Twitter followers who are, by the way, the more I tweet, the more I lose followers, okay? And, you know, uh, so yeah, I do not have a seat at the table or think my, my voice is important. It's just that, you know, I have a Twitter, therefore I tweet. And, you know, but I, but there's people out there that get like a really big ego from this shit who have a lot of followers, they get a lot of likes and therefore they think then, you know, their voice is more important than others and therefore they are coherent and the voice of the masses are, is incoherent, which is, you know, true, but I think, uh, there's no such thing as anyone having coherent politics. I really don't. I would second that. So, suck my dick. <laughs> uh, that's it for the apology section. Yeah, I don't have anything to apologize for. Fuck you. Fuck you and the horse you rode on. I would fuck your horse. Ew. Um, I'm so, like, 1990s era. Fucking horses? Yeah. It's like passe. I have a, oh, so I told, like, a passe, like, I'm, like, I'm a normie for telling horse fucking jokes. That's what you're, you're saying? A what? A normie? A normie? Yeah. No, I just think you're showing your age. Oh, fuck. You <laughs> ageist bitch. You're older than me by six no months. <laughs> um, no shit. Anyway, uh, let's see. So then we do, on to the next section of the podcast is racist confessions. Uh, and I said confessions, not confections. And uh, <laughs> Maureen, we'll, we'll, let's see what you, let's have you go first. Let's, let's hear what you have. Fucking, I usually try to think about this beforehand. I don't have anything. I was like in Trump country. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean... I don't really think that I had any uh, interactions per se other than just like being pissed off at certain people because they have Trump signs in their front yard, but that's not racism because they don't like have to, they weren't born with a fucking Trump sign in their yard, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm prejudiced against them, but like it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, There's black, yeah. black people like Trump. Yeah, I know. Uh, yet again, it's another assumption. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, it's probably like the Trump thing. I I feel like I have a lot have like problematic confessions, but no true racist confessions. We had um there was a house around the corner from us that had big Trump signs in their window. Um, I live in a predominantly black neighborhood, and I was like, "What the fuck? Who the fuck is this?" Right? Because yeah. they had Trump signs in their windows, and I was like, "This is violence against black people having these Trump signs in this this window." And I fucking hate these people. And who lives here? And blah blah blah. So it turns out it was actually a like legit whorehouse, and it was owned and operated by black women. But they, but so, because of the because of the business freedom under Trump, I bet they're Trump supporters. Is that? 
I guess so. I guess so. I I thought sex workers were all Democrats. I had no idea. Um, I feel like, uh, no, I feel like because Trump is, like, breaking down a lot of laws surrounding businesses, um, you I think that, that's your thing? more in their favor. Oh, and okay. I think, I I'm not I realized, but, like, I was reminded also, like, you know, being in Central PA and, like, Ohio and, like, all this, like, these areas that are, like, big Trump-supporting areas is that, like, a lot of people lost their jobs under Obama and these people feel that, mm-hmm. that Trump, like, restored their livelihoods or saved their families and, you know, that's what it is. It just makes, it's just, we're not really that safe from him. Like, there's a large part of the country that feels personally, like, helped by him. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, I think, uh, a reactionary sort of stance in the in rural parts of like Pennsylvania especially is grounded in jobs like fracking uh you know and people that make a living off those uh fossil fuel industries uh workers who make a living off these sort of in- industries that are uh that are afraid of terms like the green new deal or you know um alternative energies and all that kind of shit i don't know um so i think there's a lot of flack like that uh open borders i know there's definitely parts in pennsylvania like hazelton um that has a long history with um mexican immigration and uh illegal aliens and stealing jobs and all all of the the uh, normal all of the conversations that stem all you know what I'm saying Maureen yeah okay good I don't have to keep yeah. trying to say it then uh, yeah so it makes sense um, all right well so that's your racist confession is uh, yeah, I really have one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Mayan is so. I well, I don't know if this is really a racist confession, um, but it, it's sort of ignorant. Well, actually, um, let's just talk about the situation and see what comes. Uh, so I was, I did a performance art piece this week where I cosplays uh, cosplayed as Paris Hilton. Speaking of showing my age, this really shows my age. Um, it's a Paris Hilton image that's a deep fake from early 2000s, uh, which is great for being that we're talking about 9-11 today because early 2000s culture was uh, some real bleak shit, as in it didn't even really fucking exist because everyone was just like so um, annihilated by this the 2001 event. And uh, one of our main pop cultural icons of this time was Paris Hilton and uh, Nicole Richie and their television show, The Simple Life. Um, And yeah, and Paris Hilton was like everywhere, right? Like she, I mean, uh, you could not get away from Paris Hilton being in tabloids, hanging out with everyone, um, always here. And like, the thing is, she was she's completely untalented. There's literally no reason for her to be famous. I guess she's pretty. She is hot. 
I think Paris yeah. Hilton's pretty. Um, Remember she'd say that? That's hot. That's hot. And um, she was one of the first people, uh, women, to have, like, a leaked leaked sex tape. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I saw parts of it. It's really boring. Like, she looks like she sucks in bed and would not be fun to fuck, to be honest. <laughs> like, um, yeah, she just lays around and you just fuck her. That's what that sex tape is like. Um, so in any case, there was, I think it was a Victoria's Secret party or maybe an MTV party. One of these stupid thing, stupid, like early 2000 parties that either took place at Victoria's Secret or MTV. And, uh, she's wearing a tank top and, um, it says stop being desperate on the tank top. And somebody photoshopped it to say stop being poor. And it was like the let them have cake of the early 2000s yeah. imagery. And for the longest time, I actually didn't know it was a deep fake. I thought it really was that because I never looked more into it. I just, everyone's seen this image who yeah. is yeah, I don't, old. I didn't even uh, like think about whether it was fake or not. I think, you know what I mean? It was just one yeah. of those. It made total sense that she shirt. she would wear a, t a shirt like that. It, you know, right. I I didn't have to think twice about it. See, that's right. that would is what I would say is a beautiful deep fake. One that uh, is so real. It's it's a fake, but it's like so it's more true than the actual image. Um, right, just like the podcast, superior truth. Superior, it's superior truth exactly, just like our podcast. Um, so, in any case, I got this outfit, and I have a blonde wig, and I went out, and I, I like to do cosplay in my art. You know, it's the thing that I like to do. I've been collecting, like, protester cosplay um, costumes. I, I'm slowly accumulating a arsenal of costumes for uh, various protests. I prefer to do, like, to cosplay, which I haven't done any of them yet. Because I've honest, I've been um, sincerely protesting. And I think in the instance when I do these, I want to be more at a protest that literally is more of a spectacle. Um, and, I, I, you know, the mood just hasn't caught me yet. But in any case, this PHA thing, this uh, Paris Hilton in front of the Philadelphia Housing Authority is where I posed in this Paris Hilton costume. Um, so I'm hanging out in the corner of like 21st and Ridge or, well, actually wait, well, it's like Ridge and, uh, Jefferson and, um, the Philadelphia housing authority is a federally backed program in, in Philadelphia, uh, federally funded program that is for housing the homeless. And they just erected a $45 million office building in the ghetto uh and that's so gross. I, I didn't know that's what the picture was in front of yeah and in the meantime and also like their ceo has a salary of like three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year in the meantime people have been on a wait list there's forty thousand people on this wait list for housing and they had to close the wait list off in 2013 because so many people need housing and, um, and they're like, they have all these vacant homes all throughout these neighborhoods and nothing's being done to rehab them. 
Um, in the meantime, the real estate property all around these neighborhoods is being bought up by developers who are essentially building shit Section 8 housing as well. But yes. they're selling these properties at like uh, $400,000, making, right. making extreme profits. People are moving into the neighborhood that are getting these 10-year tax rebates where they don't pay any property taxes for 10 years. What? Yeah. And they're getting these 400 grand, grand uh, piece of shit properties, not paying property tax, while uh, people are fucking homeless and need houses in this city. And uh, people that can afford $400,000 mortgages. Yes, exactly. Are not paying property taxes. They're saving money on the fucking taxes that would, I, we think go to potentially help these less fortunate people in the city. Right? Well, no. See, here's the thing that, well, PHA, I think is part of the city budget. I think they do get some funds from the city budget, but like, the property taxes go to the city. They don't go to directly to this the PHA because the PHA is federally funded. It's really annoying and confusing, of course. Um, basically, the city's like just trying to make as much money as they can through real estate developers and yeah. are basically fucking like um, everybody in the process. Yeah. And, the that, and that's the thing. Like the people that can afford homes at that price, by the way, those are not the rich people. They are not, they're richer, like, this is gentrification of poor neighborhoods that's, like, disgusting, like, wealth gap, mm -hmm. but these are still not, like, the, the really problematic rich people that, like, we talk about. These are still, like, fucking normal people. Well, they're, yeah, they're cucks in the wheel, but they're definitely fucking assholes, and... They're up there, but no, they're, like, the ones that, like, the people that, with the real money, point their fingers at and be like, take their taxes, take their taxes. Or, like, you know what I mean? Tax them, tax them. Well, again, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, not mm. paying any taxes, but I digress. Yes. Uh, in any case, very problematic. So, I pose this parasail in, in front of this PHA building with the Stop Being Poor tank top to, to make a point of, like, just how shallow... And vapid, this like whole fucking, or this whole fucking organization, and and the problem with homelessness in the city is because their attitude, when you build a forty five million dollar office building, uh, you know, with giant fucking propaganda letters all around your building, you're basically saying stop being poor and not actually yeah. helping the situation. You're not you're not investing in the community at all. Uh, and uh, currently across the street from the PHA is a, also, I want to mention the Philadelphia Housing Authority also has its own police department. So that should give you an idea of what the fuck they're all about. Okay. W why do they need a police department? Suck my dick. It's, yeah. it's fucked up. Anyway, um, and then there's a vacant lot across the street. And currently, Philadelphia is, is, has two protest encampments that are set up. There's Camp Teddy, which is across from PHA. And really, Camp Teddy's uh, whole purpose as a protest camp, obviously, to provide temporary housing for the homeless via an encampment. Um, you can donate supplies there. There's, it's still an active um, protest that is going on. The cops are, like, all around that neighborhood. Uh, they were supposed to be evicted um, this week, 
and uh, because of the amount of protesters and like uh, public outcry, they have been unable to sweep these camps. So so far, they have been successful. And the, and if you want to read the whole, uh, their whole list of demands, uh, you could go to like phillyhousing.com, I think it is, or if you just look Philadelphia Housing Now, you'll find information on um, and with their official list of demand of uh, of demands. Essentially. Um, the few that I'm, uh, like, uh, you know, fully, um, aware of are trying to secure land trusts from the city that is, that would then be, you know, dedicated for housing or homeless and to secure, um, which is, you know, never going to happen. The city, because the city makes so much fucking money off real estate. Uh, I can't imagine them handing over land. I, I really can't. Anyway, um, and then there's uh, d- uh, a demand to build these like tiny house villages. Yeah. Um, that would be like <laughs> tiny uh, homes for the homeless. That would also that would be like um, a housing situation that is um, less, you know, not like a shelter, for instance. Um, right. In any case, so uh, those are like a couple of their demands. So you can read and obviously uh, defund the police. So, okay, so I was out there and people were uh, either laughing from their cars driving by. uh, But then I was approached by two neighbors asking me what I was doing. Uh, They didn't really get the joke. Uh, They were saying... They saw me, and it was actually really upsetting to them because... It should be. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I said. I was like, it is upsetting. Uh, I was like, this is uh, satire, and uh, it was funny. The one uh, young girl I was talking to, uh, she didn't even... Like, she's younger, so she had no idea what I lo- looked like or what I was... Who Paris Hilton. Like, I really... Yeah. I think she probably knew who Paris Hilton was. But, uh, this, but the deep fake, I like, for instance, I feel like my deep fake is like immediately iconic to me. Like to me, I can, I would immediately get it. I feel like other people my age would immediately get it. But, um, this girl was like, what the hell? Uh, so I showed her everything. I explained it to her and she was like, and then she was like, oh, I feel you. I get this. I support what you're doing. This is funny and like good. And, you know, um, and we were just talking and uh, I had my um, black people names moment because the young girl's name was Jew. She was, she was a black girl named Jew. And I, and I was like refused. I was so uncomfortable calling her Jew and um, it was, re- <laughs> but, and, wow. and, um, but and her mom was like looking at me like she knew I was being like a total white lady. Although they did say like they did say I was practically black because well, first off, they then we were talking about the neighborhood. The mom had actually been on this list with through uh, PHA before, and she had talked about how frustrating it was. 
and how demoralizing it is to see a building like this when you're like on a wait list for housing and you see this like $45 million building being built and it's saying they're they're putting retail space in and all this stuff. I would want to break the fucking windows. Yeah, it's like really infuriating. And and she was just like, you know, um, people are struggling and blah, blah, blah. And, and yeah, and so we were talking. And then um, her daughter, though, uh, too, then went on she was funny because she got into some true, true, uh, or Q anon shit, like about, um, uh, how corrupt the government is and everything like that. Uh, her, her mom was like funny too. Anyway. So, but she was, they were saying like, you know, we're like, we're, you're black, you're from black people. Like, you know, the, the age old that everybody comes from Africa thing. And we were like, yes, yes. And the mom was joking. She was like, you're practically black standing here in a wig right now, which I thought was funny. Um, oh, she was wearing a wig. That's yeah. Funny. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, we had, we had a good conversation or anything like that, but I guess my racist confession was being, having no idea why uh this girl was named you and being really uncomfortable uh saying her name it kind of reminded me of the uh robin hood men in tights um when david chappelle um was like his name was a chew and he was like a jew the Mel Brooks, yeah, yeah. it was like a Jew, and it was like the he was like a Jew, and mo- mostly like that whole scene is like just the awkwardness of of um, understanding the you know other people's you know other cultures, other of, cultures. yeah, exactly, um, and that's that's my whole racist confession. I thought that was a good one. It was very, like, multifaceted. You, like, had a one-two punch in there with, like, she was black and the name. Mm-hmm. And then you even put in there as food for thought, like, the white person being, like, a black person told me I'm practically black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they told me I was black. And, the, well, the daughter did, told me I was black. And then the mother right. said, yeah, you gotcha. are, you're practically black. You're standing on the corner with a wig. Like, so, um... Yeah. But, and, yeah, we had a good conversation. I did increasingly, because, you know, I don't recommend the, the kind of shit that I do for all white people. I, I had a friend who came to um, take pictures for me. This was, like, another thing. Not something I would ask any photographer, because, I mean, yeah, it was significantly offensive, what I was doing. Um, it it even after they the people I talked to were great, but there's there would be some people I would still explain this to who would who would be so disgusted with my white privilege, which I was actively using, you know, obviously, right. um, yeah. that would be so disgusted with my white privilege that it it wouldn't even fucking matter, like the joke, right. um, like what you were saying, what I was saying, or anything. So the you know, uh, not something I recommend all white ladies to do, but. You, you know, it, if you're an asshole like me, you'll probably go out and do it anyway. And, uh, yeah, and the, the person um, who was photo- who is my photographer, like, she had been on many dissent performances with me and is, is, is used to encountering uh, a lot of bullshit that tends to happen to me when I decide to do these performances. But we were both, like, after talking to those women... We were both, though, at that point, like, 
okay, uh, let's hurry up and finish this up because because uh, even the girl said, uh, the daughter said, like, you know, I don't want, I, w- I just want to make sure you're okay. I don't want you to get shot or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, food for thought. Anyway, that's what people yeah. say. They say food for thought. Um, when they, food for white people's thoughts, food for white people's thoughts, stop being poor. Um, and then also like, it's funny. I posted the image on, you know, Instagram. And the reason why I was doing this to begin with was to draw attention to the PHA, uh, and, you know, express my criticism of, of this establishment draw attention to the camps, the encampments that are going on, and to ask people, you know, hey, if this image, you know, strikes a chord with you, maybe consider, you know, supporting the encampments and, you know, any way that you can, and just to draw attention to it. And it was on the eve of their third and final eviction notice um, that I did this cosplay and on Instagram I got like a a lot of people that were excited about it and you know in support of the encampments and struck up that sort of conversation and then on next door I had a bunch of like white people fucking complaining about my the image and just totally not getting it at all and and or having their own ideas that would like solve the homelessness like thinking, uh-huh. like thinking I was making a suggestion of how to, <laughs> like next door is fucking bizarre and a creepy ass place. And it's, you know, the scariest part of next door versus Facebook is that people on next door literally live next door to me. Yeah. Um, I, I am, I am thoroughly like, yeah, I fear for my safety every fucking day. Mm. With all these fucking haters. dumb haters that live in this world. Well, yeah, we do have a lot of that. Um, okay, so that's racist confessions. Um, I think, I think that's all the sections. I think you're right. Um, there's one section that we saved to the end, to the very end of the podcast. Don't say what it is, Marina. If you if you're catching what I'm putting down, don't say it. But um, let's move on to the topic. All right. Oh, wait. We have to talk about Delco. Um, wow. Well, you know, in researching of our topic today, I uh, was thinking about um, the uh, Lockerbie uh, airplane bombing and hijacking from 1988. Be- okay. Because do you remember this one? No. Um, this was a hijacked plane, uh, flight, I think it was a Pan Am flight 103 and, uh, flying over, it was like from New York to London or something like that. And they're flying over Scotland. It was hijacked and there was a bomb on the plane and it exploded in the air. And, uh, there was something like 260 passengers. Everyone's dead, of course. And then the plane, the, um, the parts of the plane, the plane engine that fell on the town of Lockerbie, Scotland, ended up killing like 11 people on the ground. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, and the reason why, I mean, for me, I uh, remember it because my dad's boss was on that plane. Shut up. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, my dad used to work for a stamp collecting company. 
and uh, I actually had the same birthday as his boss. When I was bo- when I was born, my dad got like an extra week off of work or something because Aww. I had the same birthday as his boss. Um, yeah, and he was uh, his name is Martin Lewis Applebaum, and he was fifty nine years old when he died on that on the at the plane on the plane. Um, and he was that a Delco connection. Well, yeah, I. I was uh, then checking out all the victims, and I found a Delco resident who was on the plane as well from Wayne. Um, Weird. Who's the guy from Wayne? I think it was like, because I was like, I think I saw it on, is this Delco Times? Oh, no, Penn Live. Uh, The 30th anniversary of the flight article I was reading. And, yeah, it was... uh, Robert Eugene McCollum of Wayne, Delaware County, 61. He was another victim on the plane um, from hmm. Delco. So, I don't know. That's my Delco story. Interesting. Delco Connections. Um, and there's a memorial for all the passengers. Um, they're saying there's 10 that were that lived in Pennsylvania. Um you know, and maybe we could find Delco residents who died in nine eleven. That would be so. I mean, probably nice, actually. I know there's um one person uh from St. Joe's. I think it St. Joe's uh that uh uh let's see nine Delco nine eleven residents. I bet there's a number of them. It went to COVID deaths when I was searching yeah. this. Yeah, we're over 9-11 now. COVID's, COVID's like uh, the new deaths. Um, there's also, like, I mean, there was a woman. I didn't clean for her, but um, th- they were a client of our company's. Uh, I think she's dead now, but she had cancer. Uh, she lived right next to the Twin Towers and was there, you know, and her whole family lived in that neighborhood. And uh, they all died of cancer from from the, um, from the, you know, the, fu- the dust yeah, 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 of that yeah, day. So, and, and that was, there's actually a lot of people who ha- are have died because of the air that day yeah. who were, who lived yeah. in the neighborhood. God. Um so there's a lot more than there's 3000 people died a lot more than that though later from cancer. Um oh well, yeah. Firefighters didn't they like just get their fucking whatever money they needed for their cancers and all that? Oh really? Oh, God, yeah, like, it was John Stewart, like, t- like I don't know, went to court for them. There's, like, the John Stewart's whole speech. Oh, like yeah, that. yeah, I remember. Fund. Um, 9-11, uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, 9-11 dogs, too. Dogs who... 9-11 dogs? Yeah, rescue dogs. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, that died. Um, uh, but let's see, Delco... I can't rem- I'm pretty sure the one, there's a memorial on the Schuylkill uh, River Trail. 
uh-huh. uh, to Philadelphians who died in 9-11. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. We have uh, Michael Andrew Bain from Yardley, PA. That's not Delco, though, right? Uh, Yards? I don't, I don't know. Langhorn? Is that Delco? I don't know. That's, I'm not sure if that's, like, Bucks or Delco. Glenn Mills. That's, Glenn Mills is Delco. That's Delco. Michael R. Horrocks from Glenn Mills. Oh, he was the co-pilot oh. of the plane. Damn. He went to Westchester. Um, Bluebell, is that? I believe that's. I believe that's Delco. Um, Lawrence Donald Kim, thirty-one. Just started a job at Marsh and Mc McLennan. That's fucking awful. Yardley's Bucks County. Okay, uh, Stroudsburg. No, that's not. No, that's. Allentown? No. no. Uh, Westchester? That's a good question. I don't think so. No. Okay, well, that's it. So we had one Delco resident who was the co pilot. Oh, fucking scary. That's, 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 that's got to be the scariest person to be. That lost their life being the fucking co-pilot. Jesus yeah. Christ! <laughs> that, that, no, mind. I was gonna make a god, make a god as my co-pilot joke, but never mind. <laughs> um. So anyway, I I'm really sad. Even I'm like feeling really emotional even going through the, the this these lists of names. I'm really fucking angry. I, uh, yeah, yeah I'm mean, really fucking angry. It's a lot of fucking people. Um, so where were you on 9-11, Marine, when this happened? What, where, what was happening in your life? Well, I was at, I was in school. I was at college at LaSalle University in Pennsylvania, or in Philadelphia. And, um, I, me and my roommate decided to, instead of our first class, go get breakfast. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, in the cafeteria, like, whatever. And... They always played, like, Power 99, like, rap in the cafeteria. And this day, it was, like, you couldn't really hear it, but it was, like, people talking. It was, like, the news. And, like, we were, like, what the fuck? Like, and that was, like, earlier on in the morning before the towers. Yeah, because you guys wanted to have, listen to rap music and eat some eggs. Yeah, and, but it it was just, like, low talking in background. We were, like, weird. Like, why is the news on? And then I went to my first class, and at that point, like, so I feel like someone came in and was like, um, yeah, like, apparently uh, there was a plane that, you know, crashed into the Pentagon. And now, like, it wasn't like an official person came in. Like, it was like people were like, oh, like a plane crashed in the Pentagon. And, oh, my God, whatever. Mm-hmm. So then I had to walk across campus after that class, and I just remember everyone was, like, quiet looking down at their phones. So I, like, get to my next class, which was in the communications center. Wait, so people had, had phones? Oh, yeah. They were getting texts. Yeah. I didn't, we I didn't even, college, I didn't even have a phone in college. Yeah, but that was, there was, when we were in college, yeah, there were cell phones, for okay. sure. Okay, all right. Um, I think I got my first one around that time when I was a junior in college, actually. It was, mm-hmm. like, right around that time. Maybe that year. Um, 
so I, yeah, I remember ever people just like looking down at their phones and just being like quiet and it was just like something was happening, you know? And like by the time I got, cause it was like a 10 minute walk from one building to the other. And then I got to my next class at the communication center, TVs right in the lobby. And it was just like the images of the fucking planes, you know, like that it just walked into that. Mm. And like everyone was just standing there with their fucking mouths open. That's it. Like everybody just stood there and watched. Hmm. And then school got canceled, and everyone was trying to find out if their parents, because a lot of the kids were from New York, so that was like real fucked up. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, so a lot of people were trying to find their families. I mean, being from New York and then and sending their kid to college in North Philly, that sucks. I know, dirty, right? Yeah, it's fucked up. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, do you... And do then I reacted to the trauma as I react to all trauma. My roommate and I went and got a case of beer. <laughs> and that's what we did. And we just, like, sat there in shock and drank a case of beer. Um, is this, uh, your roommate's that Jill. starts... Jill? Oh, I, <laughs> I don't remember her. She was a math major. She was the math major roommate. She went, I'm not going to give a bunch of her life details, but no, yeah, okay. you, I lived with her for a couple of years. You definitely know of her. Okay. Whoops. Yeah. We were, I was like, I went to her wedding, um, a few years after. I mean, we definitely kept in touch for a long time. Um, very funny. Yeah. Okay. So my nine 11, not really kind of like yours. Not, uh, interesting. Um, yeah. it was, <laughs> I, uh, we were having orientation, um, which oh. is kind of weird considering I was I, like, I feel like we started school in like August, yeah. uh, but we were having orientation. Like, I, I think it was just like an opening ceremony sort of thing. And I, we were in the auditorium and yeah. they literally stopped and they said, uh, we have to stop. There's been, apparently there's been a terrorist attack and, um, we don't really know that much. And, and that's how it was. It was like just the, over the loud, like over the loudspeaker. And then everybody, you know, left the auditorium and, uh, we, and I don't remember a large group of people either, but I was in the, like, there was like student lounge areas that had a TV and I was there watching it on that small TV with everyone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, honestly, I, I feel like it, you, it would be like crowded or something, but it wasn't crowded. I was, I oh, wasn't. Mine felt like. What? Just like less crowds than you would think. Yeah. Um, and then I was scared because I was thinking about, uh, Philadelphia, like being like, is this, are the, is this like how many more of these plane crashes are happening? This is obviously an orchestrated terrorist attack. Like how, how many more? And then yeah, they evacuated the city. Th they evacuated Philadelphia. I think so. Yeah. Cause I remember my dad going into the city to go to work and I was not happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there was actually, so I was listening to this Bill Burr rant. Um, yeah. he, apparently there's like this epic Bill Burr Philly rant where he's getting booed the fuck uh, by uh, B 
booed like really badly by a, an audience in Camden. Well, did he not do his research before he fucking came to the area, especially Camden? And B, it's not in Philadelphia, so fuck you. Well, yeah, no, but it was definitely a Philly crowd, and I don't think it was, like, necessarily he came to do, like, a Philly rant. He didn't come to Philadelphia to, like, do a stand-up where he was doing a rant on Philadelphia. What happened was is he went out, and he wasn't funny, so the crowd booed him. Yeah, that's what I meant by doing his research. Oh, that Philly will boo you if you're not funny. Yeah, Yeah, we will. And um, so the crowd was mass booing him, but then... He went into this Philly rant and was, like, making fun of Philadelphians and everything like that. And then it went, like, like crazy. The crowd went crazy. And it was actually really funny. And if his rant's, like, kind of dumb, too. Like, honestly, he was like, whatever, you one-bridged city. You fucking one-bridged city. Which we ha- We don't have. We have lots of bridges, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, he totally dissed, like, the Commodore Barry and the Walt Whitman. Um, anyway, so, uh, that other bridge, um, and he pretty much just thought Ben Franklin Bridge was the only bridge we have, which is not true. And, uh, but he said, which really struck me as funny, as, like, nobody gives a fuck about Philadelphia, nobody's coming to bomb this city, you like no terrorist attacks they they don't even come to this city like and i was like dying because laughing because i was like that day when 911 happened i was like should i be worried about philadelphia should i not i mean i was in cincinnati ohio at the time so i obviously was felt perfectly safe in cincinnati like you know <laughs> But Philadelphia, you're kind of like, well, would would a terrorist attack happen in Philly? Like, sure, we have the Liberty Bell, but who really fucking cares? Like, why would you bomb the Liberty Bell? You know, um, yeah. But uh, that was a funny joke on Bill Burr's part. Anyway, I was worried that day, though, and I was, like, trying to get in touch with my family. And I actually didn't have a phone. I remember using a pay phone to call home. I literally, yeah. I didn't even have a landline at my apartment because I was like, fuck yeah. it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, and then I didn't have any friends. Um, so I did what somebody who works all the time and goes to school does is I went to my job. I worked at this restaurant and I hung out at the bar and watched uh, the 9-11 things. And come to think of it, I think I was drinking. I think they did serve me, but I don't think I, I wasn't 21. Nobody gave a fuck that day. Yeah, I no wasn't 21. I was not 21. So it was a, it was a good day for underage drinking. Um, exactly. Nobody cared. Everybody was like, oh my God, are we all going to die? Like literally no one knew. And it very much felt like that. Like it felt like the whole country was coming under attack, which I think now was by design. Um, and I think it was used against us, and we already know it was used against us, and we've been up for a long time. So whether it was, like, actively planned by people in the U.S. government, or if it was just allowed to happen, or if it was just set in motion, whatever, it doesn't matter, like, it yeah. fucking have to happen. And I was at the part of the, the uh, True Anon podcast where they were talking about um, a lot of these reports that were coming from, like, places like Germany, or, like from the flight schools that the, the Italy went to 
to, you know, all these different places that said that they were feeding information to the CIA and nothing was ever fucking done with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Bubs, it's close to Bubs feeding time, so he's coming oh, by. Oh, God, we're getting there, aren't we? Oh, no. We always talk at this time. Um, in any case, so that I don't remember anything else from the day, I really don't. I wish I did. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah I, I mean, no, because it wasn't really, it was just like a lot of sitting around and watching the video again, I feel like, and like. People, I do remember, because I was at school and I lived with other students, mm-hmm. I remember a lot of people trying to get in touch with their families or following up with people to make sure that their parents were alive. You know, like, there was a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was also, like, over and over again watching the imagery over yeah. and over again, which is so fucked up. Yep. Um, I think I remember the most fucked up part was live, like, just, because I watched it, like, I was watching it live, and, uh, then realizing that people were jumping was the most horrifying. I was like, holy fuck, like, you have to make a decision to just fucking jump, because it's like, you're gonna die, and it's so hot and unbearable, you don't want to burn to death, so you just jump. Um, and seeing fucking live people jumping out of the building was fucking horrible. That was like, you know, it's weird. I haven't really thought about that in years because it does, it haunts me. Like, because there's like videos where you can see people and, uh, that really was so just thinking about how it was in that building. And, um, you know, I don't even know, like there could have been pressure from inside that threw them out. Like I have no Mm -hmm. idea, you know, I, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I guess you have to be in that situation, but I don't know if I could. I'm so afraid of heights. I don't know. Like, to imagine being that desperate to just be like, well, I'm fucking jumping. I think if you were like, if your body felt that kind of heat, like, I think your brain just like turns off and it's like, well, we're going to either die. It's like your body's looking for the death that's like farthest away, right? So, Mm -hmm. like, even if it's, like, two things that are right next to each other, like, your body's going to try to escape the more immediate one. Um, right? Like, yeah. Me. Yeah. Um, and, again, like, we were talking about the control demo, because thinking about all the firefighters who lost their lives that day yeah. um, were the people who went into the building to um, try to save people. And... They were saying, too, like, I mean, firefighters are, like, used to these situations, a fire in a, you know, uh, in a sky rise or whatever, especially in New York, you know, obviously, it's skyscraper central. Um, And none of them expected the buildings to collapse because that's not what fucking happens. Right. Um, Which is, again, I just think so fucking disgusting. Yeah. I ha- and that, like, you know, like, it doesn't matter. I mean, how many wars have leaders sent soldiers to to die? It has never been a problem. Human sacrifice has never been a fucking problem for anybody in humanity, in power. It has never been a problem. Why would it start oh, no. to be now? Just because we had, like, a relative of, like, amount of time of peace, like, so what, between Pearl Harbor and 9-11? Mm-hmm. Like, so people were like, oh, they got it twisted, and they were like, our government is protecting us. They're here for us. 
and we forgot, nope, we have to fucking pay. Well, and also I think what is most shocking, even and to me too, like still, is that it's civilian death though that is so like disturbing. Um, because it's one thing if you sign up for the army, but it's another if, uh, you're just fucking going to work, you know? Um. Well, I feel like you need civilian deaths to, like, send out armies to die. Oh, yeah. Like, the good base of civilian deaths to get people riled up, and that's exactly what happens. And I'll, I'll admit... our government, like, we're not, you know what I mean? Like, do they even think of, like, civilians? I don't think so. I'll admit ignorance, uh, too like, uh, from this time, and, like, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, no, I was, like, yeah, I was 19, and, yeah, and also, like, the, I literally, I remember, too, like, God, I, I don't even know how it really sucks, like, my first election was at the Al Gore election, um, and, you know, I lived in a swing state. I wanted to vote for Nader. But, you know, everyone was like, you got to vote for Al Gore. And honestly, Al Gore, I didn't feel that fucking bad voting for Al Gore then. Yeah. I didn't feel yeah. like it, it wouldn't be like voting for Hillary or voting for Biden now. Like voting for Al Gore, you were still kind of like, oh, well, he's like the, really into the environment and everything like that. And, uh, you know, he seems really nice. <laughs> Whatever. But, uh you know, I voted for Al Gore. He totally fucking won that election and it was stolen from him. And then 9-11 happens like a fucking year later. Now, and this is what was most disturbing for me at this time, like, because that election was like, you know, you're so excited for your first time to be able to vote. And, And immediately you recognize that, how does this even really fucking matter? And then 9-11 fucking happened, and you're like, wait a minute. Because George Bush had to win that fucking election. Yeah. And that's the other thing with, like, listening to the QAnon episodes and tying the Bush family to this shit. Not even just the QAnon, but, like, even that the Zeitgeist movie ties the Bush family to all of this fucking money, oil money, from, like, you know, uh, from the 80s to today. And, um, yeah, I don't know. And then seeing 9-11 happen, I, I fucking hated George Bush so much then. But even I was like, well, yeah, well, we have to do the Patriot Act. That's a good point. We have to do it because we really, uh, no holds barred. We got to get these people. And yeah, yeah, I hated fucking George Bush, but I was like a, a cuck, like in that sense. And also being like, you know, it's these. These are this is these people's jobs. So okay, so Osama Obama, uh, Osama bin Laden orchestrated this. From uh, he's the leader of Al Qaeda. Um, yeah, Saddam Hussein's involved in this. What? Yeah, we're going into the Iraq War. Support the troops. Support the troops. And if you didn't support the troops, it's like the same today. If you speak yeah. out against Joe Biden at all, you're voting for Trump. That's a vote. You're a yeah. Trump supporter you're a fascist you're blah blah this is what it was like then when you were like why are we going into the iraq war this doesn't really make any fucking sense like what the fuck is going on i know <laughs> it's like i know i know and i remember i mean for like going to a funeral like that was like a big thing like you know 
pretty soon after. Maybe it was it was so it would have been like two years after all this shit started. I remember going to a funeral for someone who had gone over. Um, and these were all the kids that I went to high school with, and I mean age wise, I don't. It wasn't anyone from our high school. Um, it was like a friend of a friend, but uh, yeah, he I was mean, a I soldier. Meeting lunch and having sitting outside of our lunchroom and telling us to join the fucking armed forces and assuring us that we would just get free college and like America wasn't going to war. They were recruiting. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh my God. I feel sick to my fucking stomach. You're telling me you were at a funeral for someone who died in the Iraq war and they were recruiting? No. I'm saying, do you remember, these were the people that were our age, right? These people that died. So these were the kids that when you and I were in high school, Uh in the the late 90s, and and they would sit outside of our lunchroom and recruit and tell us that we would get free college. And everyone's like, there's no risk. It's fine. Like, whatever. It's just a couple weekends a year. Nothing's going to happen. And, like, these people would, like, they would, like, guarantee us because we were idiots because we were in fucking high school and everything had been peaceful for so long. We were in fucking high school and poor. That's what happened. That's what happened. And, like, they all have PTSD now. Like, all those fucking kids that were our age that, were, that like, t- took that bait. Well, who was this funeral? What was the funeral for? It was a it was a guy. It was someone that I was dating, a friend of someone that I was dating, who had died in, I think, maybe Afghanistan. I'm not exactly sure where. But, uh-huh. um, like, they, it was after 9-11, after all these groups got mobilized, who were told that they were never going to have to go fight. You know what I mean? It oh, was like God. No one expected this to happen. And yeah. then all of a sudden, people were actually going and dying. Like, and everybody was, like, shocked. And, well, the Army is a way to recruit, like, lower class people, too. Uh-huh. I mean, that's why there's Army, the Navy, and football. There's Army, Navy on the SEPTA ads. There's so many SEPTA ads to join the Army. Um, you know, it's targeted advertisement to lower class people. And yeah, and also like, yeah, you would get a uh, free college and, you know, that's the standard upward mobility of, in the United States is go to get a college education, um, which is total bullshit. Yeah, that's really sad. And um, I don't really remember, and it could have been because I was much younger, but like, the Gulf War wasn't, like, that long before that, but I don't remember, like, a lot of, like, I remember things happen, and you would hear on the news that, like, people died. Maybe it was just because I was so young that it was, like, not in my, you know what I mean? Like, this was the grown-ups. I felt know, like the Gulf War was, like, a fucking joke. Like, they just, it was mostly, like, bombing people. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, you yeah. didn't really hear of people, like, going over there and fucking dying. Like, you just didn't, it was like, you would hear about it, but it would be like a helicopter crash. Mm-hmm. Like, not, and I know that there were, and like, I'm not saying, like, I'm, I'm sure that there are people who are not listening to this, but who exists, who have family members, you know, who died in the Gulf War, who would, like, want to punch me in my fucking vagina right now, honestly. Mm-hmm. But, like, or the boot. I just don't, I remember this being, like, so shocking that, like, people were actually, like, dying in combat and stuff, like, Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it was just because it was someone I knew, and it was just that I was just old enough to be aware of it and, and there, you know? Yeah, on 9 11 um, this year, actually, they had like a veteran services tent out front of the fucking art museum. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, and there was a lot of security. I feel like a lot more police activity around the monuments in Philly on 9-11 than usual. That's not surprising, yeah. Uh, again, uh, who the fuck cares about the Liberty Bell? I honestly, I don't get it. I think it's like no. such a spectacle. Like, stupid. Um, but, and especially like since to, like, oppression. it was an inside job, everyone, the calls coming from inside the building. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. So, and I, I guess like I too, what? I just don't how under, I don't understand how anyone seeing all of this and like having 20 years to look back, 19 years to look back and say, um, anybody who can just say like, yeah, this is not suspicious. Like intuitively, how can you not feel suspicious when you see all of these like simple facts put together? Yeah. Just, it's not tinfoil hat stuff. It makes, uh, it makes perfect sense. It's, that's the thing. Like, it's not like, you know, uh, like that outlandish fucking claims. It's like basic science. And, you know, how does a building like free fall collapse like perfectly in the center uh, like that? You know? Right. And like these weren't our enemies. Osama bin Laden was not our enemy. No, his like, family was, was like in meetings true. in the United States. His family was right. like fucking here. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of, you had a lot of money, right? Or like access to yeah. that. Uh, there's a lot of money fucking involved in this. Uh, there's also like, there was a lot of insider trading, uh, trading that happened previous to 9-11. Um, yeah, like for, for all, like all businesses that were obviously about to be obliter obliterated. Like inside the towers. Yeah. so disgusting. Yeah. It's like Kelly fucking Loeffler. Yeah. With her and trading before oh, COVID. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I felt a very similar experience to the early Quar as I did to 9-11, which was like a lot of uh, traumatic, like, lo like looking into uh, the government, you know, mishandling yeah. this and the, and, and just like, I mean, it, I mean, Prequar into, um, uh, into the George Floyd protests and the mass rioting and looting, all, all of the violence and trauma that I've experienced from March to like fr frickin' to now. Um, yeah. I, uh, Jesus Christ, it really reminds me of, of 9-11. Like, as far as the trauma goes, the same sort of trauma. Yeah. Like, because it's so, it's so extreme that you can't believe it. Right, um, and it's, it's changing your entire worldview. And if that, like, there's definitely, like, it's like your brain, for me, the feeling is a lot of, like, numbness. And then there's also sometimes, like, going through, like, periods of, like, peace, like, extreme mental peace. Because, like, my, I think my brain just gets, like, too overwhelmed. And, yeah. like, it's, like, parts of it, like, shut the fuck down. So it's, like, I'm on survival mode, which for me is, like, exhilarating at times. Yeah. Because, like, I don't have to deal with all that mental trauma as much. And I feel like I am, like, more, I don't know, like, there is, it's, I'm pro I also probably, like, dissociate and stuff like that to, like, get away from, like, the fear. So, like, I'm not feeling, like, the fear as much. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I felt like 9-11, I, definitely, I can remember walking on the track like in the next couple of days because remember too, all the planes were grounded for a couple of days. So there's no planes in the sky. It was. Oh, yeah. But like, and I just remember walking on the track at LaSalle and like looking up and being like, there's, and it was still, I mean, the weather was gorgeous at that time for like days. It was gorgeous. Perfect. And, um, yeah, it was just, it, uh, it was crazy, but like, it was that same feeling, but I felt like it, with that, it was like after a certain amount of time, it was like deemed to be over and things were deemed to be safe. Yeah. And then there was all this, like, what are we going to do to like keep this from happening again? What are we going to do to catch Osama bin Laden? And like, blah, blah. whereas with this, it's just like been one it's, you're just like getting used to the same fucking shit getting worse never forget and also like the irony of that fucking phrase when people have fucking forgotten and and our memories are even more short-term based than they were then and yeah. uh to today people being like i wish george bush was president again over donald trump like totally forgetting that he's an incompetent fucking murderer too. Like he's not, he's not better than fucking Trump and Trump's not better than him. It's not fucking, they're, they're all horrible. What? Trump just doesn't hide it. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, I just like, I get really pissed off when people like forget what a shit president George W. Bush was and are and don't understand like and honestly I remember Obama's first term like being kind of like a sigh of relief even though at the time you know he was uh, later you know I find you know he's raging war more so than George W. Bush in Afghanistan and Syria and all throughout the Middle East um, and, uh, you know, whatever. So, uh, Obama's not really much better either. He's, he's responsible for a lot of dust as well. But anyway. But it's okay for him because he's a Democrat and he's black and these are the things you have to do when you're president. It's not okay for anybody else. Yeah. Good point, Marine. Right. Right. <laughs> such a good point. Yes. <laughs> Very important point. I think I'm going to join the army now. Yeah, go get, join. At even at me, yes. Do you know what that's from? No. Fucking Simpsons. Even at me, yes. Join the navy. Yeah. Hmm. It was the episode where Bart was in a boy band. That yeah, I rem- I remember okay. it, and they're saying they're saying they're singing "Join the Navy" backwards. Yeah, no, I remember it, and uh, The Simpsons used to be a good TV show. Uh, people should watch it from like the '80s to early '90s. Um, actually, I guess that one was like a 2000. Yeah, there was po- there's pockets of like really good Simpsons seasons. Yeah. I mean, I was still into the Halloween episodes. I think at least in the early two thousands, I still tuned in for the Halloween episode. Um, I'm like waiting for it to age enough that like I'll go back and like watch it again, and it will be new and comforting, like how I just did with that seventy show. I'm not there yet with the Simpsons. Why is the Simpsons still on? I don't know. I haven't watched it in years. Any of the new episodes? Um, people watch it. 
somebody somebody needs to drive an airliner into that writing news that writing room fucking end it is a fucking kid diddler like i don't know maybe that's how he keeps his longevity and his money by like doing things to little kids and you know and and praying to like weird gods or something but like isn't he one of the ones in, in the like that was like outed by all this epstein stuff this is so, we're getting into some QAnon shit here. No, it's this real thing. Like I think that yeah, it was like him. QAnon is real, Maureen. It is a real thing. I mean, it was not in anything that would be considered or questioned as like conspiracy theory thing. So wait, who is this? Matt Groening, the. Creator. Oh my God, Matt Groening's a fucking sex pervert. Yes. <gasps> no. Yeah, like, there's people, yeah. yeah. I mean, all right, now I have to give you the source of this. Hold on. I don't know if it's still human on shit, This actually. makes I don't think so. me seeing Bart's cartoon penis in the in the Simpsons movie way more disturbing. Oh, Matt Groening Epstein is the second thing that comes up. Jeffrey Epstein documents Simpsons creator Matt Groening, or Groening, I don't know, allegedly received a foot massage from a 16-year-old girl. That's not as really bad as, like, that's horrible. I shouldn't say that. Well, I, I mean, really like, he's a, it's like kid diddler makes you think of him like diddling four year old kids in the in the crotch. But like, yeah, I guess we do have. Uh, it doesn't matter. He got a foot massage from a sixteen year old girl in his document. So that's weird. That's weird, though. Oh my god! Yeah, he's one of the guys. One uh, of the Simpsons uh, is canceled. Like a model too, um, like a female model who gets like young men. I don't want to say the wrong name. Yeah. Don't want to do that. Because uh, anything we say here, we have so many listeners, it's sure to quickly quickly uh, hit the news waves, the radio waves at 280 megahertz and spread. And the misinformation will go, go on to the masses and change history. Forever. Forever. Never forget. Throughout history. <laughs> Bush did yeah. 9-11. Bush did 9-11. Um, okay, I think we should do some closing thoughts here. I think uh, Bub needs to eat. I don't know. Is there more? Like, what What more can we say about 9-11? I think, uh, I think we said it all, to, to tell you. I mean, maybe all that we, all that you and I say all that you and I have to offer has probably been offered just our personal experiences and a bunch of uh not well thought out uh thoughts well I rented the zeitgeist I want to finish watching it uh I did I mean this is a rewatch but I I seriously do not remember the movie like at all um oh I watched it a number of times I really like the part where it puts together all of the uh like religion history stuff that stuff's interesting to me too yeah yeah um that's interesting i remember really first having that come into focus because you know we are we were raised in the catholic church so um the mythology is all like second hand like second nature sort of uh we understand it right um we were tested on it for years but um, I, when I was taking art history and just learning about 
um, the aesthetics of like, you know, uh, Egyptian, like culture and religion and and then seeing that progress like all of all of the symbols just being recycled and reused throughout from that point through greek and roman history and then into christianity like it was just obvious that oh okay uh the political forces that be decided constantine decided that christianity was going to be you know the uh religion of the masses and uh, they just appropriated, like, what the Romans and the Greeks had, because why build new statues? And there you go. Right. Boom. And the Greek and the Romans took it from, uh, you know, Egyptian culture and so yep. on and so forth. Which is, yeah, I mean, that's my, my criticism with religion. And also, I though, I mean, I am really, where do you stand on this is is jesus uh, was jesus a real person or not where do you stand on this because the zeitgeist pretty much clearly lays it out that he did not actually even exist um yeah i've heard a lot of different perspectives on this the one that resonates with me the most is actually i feel like i must have mentioned this on the podcast if you're interested in what is like the most in line with what makes sense to me um there is a documentary called jesus was a buddhist monk that was a BBC documentary. You can get it on YouTube. Um, I, I think that probably there was a person or people at that time who were saying, like, speaking out against the Romans and 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 the cat, you know, and like these kind of older ideas. Um, but I think probably more. It was just it was threatening. Whatever they were saying was was threatening to the ideas that you know were supposed to be going into people's heads. Mm -hmm. um, so there was, like, a person or persons who were presenting these ideas. And, like, these ideas were also, like, weirdly similar to um, some of these, like, Far East ideas mm -hmm. about religion and, like, Taoism and Buddhism and all this shit. So um, I think I really buy into this idea that, like, Jesus... What, you know, we hear about him, like, going away at 12, and we don't hear from him again until he's 33. There's this whole astrological component when he's born, so I really think, like, he was taken away. I think he was born astrologically, like, where people from India or wherever the fuck it was at the time said, okay, this is, you know, one of our this guy's supposed to be, like, a monk or whatever. So they mm -hmm. go, they get him, they teach him, he comes back, he is actually, like, you know from the stories, an unusual person who was, like, very charismatic, too, so probably all of these things came into effect, but I think the most important thing with the crucifixion is, like, this talks about the idea that there's, number one, meditation practices that these, like, very experienced meditators can do to make themselves appear dead. There's also herbs that you can use, um, so they, like, this whole, this also goes into this whole idea of, like, Jesus surviving and escaping with Mary Magdalene to France and all these things. Um, so I don't know if I buy into that, but like, I think there probably was a person, but I don't, obviously anything that actually happened has been changed by the Catholic church to reflect whatever is, whatever at the time they needed people to believe for them to keep power. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, yes and no. Yeah, I really want Jesus to be a real person. I do. But I honestly, I don't know. 
I, I don't think for a long time. I really, I mean, for like most of my life. What that Jesus was real? No, not real. Like no. Oh, you've thought like, it your most of your life. Oh, I thought yeah, most no, of my I, life. I thought it was a story, like a made-up story. But the more that I know about the Eastern religions and all this, like, and how would it maybe intersected with what was going on in that area at the time, like in in the Middle East, in Jesus's area, um, it makes sense to me that maybe this person was exposed to other cultures and ideas and they were very outspoken about them and it caused a problem. It caused people to think too much and question things and it caused a problem. Yeah, I thought I I definitely that just might be the hippie version. I definitely thought I definitely thought Jesus was real, like my whole childhood. I thought he was a real person that lived Oh childhood, yeah. Uh into high school. I thought he was a real person. I mean, that person. makes sense. I'm not um, talking about that. I'm talking about, like, old, after I was older. Well, like, and realized to, that to this, this was all bullshit. Day, I was, I'm like, I hate to think that he wasn't real. I really do. But uh, I don't think he was real at all. And I actually do think it, the whole thing was actually just made up later. Um, Probably. To. Who the fuck knows? It was made up in, like, the 300s. Like, the Gospels were written in, like, the 300s. Um, but also... They were the, written hundreds of years after the time that that supposedly all went down. On the flip and side... people were still getting... People were getting hung from crosses all the time. Like, that was, like... Oh, yeah. It was, like, it would be, like, this guy, this amazing man who died in a car accident. Like, everybody dies that way. <laughs> um, but there's, like... On the flip side of that, like, the way the zeitgeist explains it in astrological terms, um, you know, like, that Jesus was born in the age of Pisces, and, you know, that's why the two fish represent him, and blah, blah, blah. But, um, and they're saying, like, you know, so everything is according to this astrological calendar, and it's basically just a cyclical uh, interpretation of time. And actually, it's interesting, the three-body problem book that I'm reading uh has the the video game and it's actually based on um the creation myth this video game in the sense where it's uh predicting the rise the sunrise and the sunset and predicting this in times of there's a chaos era where you don't know when the sun's gonna rise again and it's like a frozen planet and then Mm -hmm. there's um there's like errors of then there are errors of total peace and not I, I forget what the fucking error is called peaceful error it's you know something fucking annoying that I can't think of the name that's very predictable and stupid and I can't remember it anyway but um during these errors it's when the sun rot- predictably rises and sets uh-huh. um but in any case just saying like how important the uh, and how responsive our bodies are. Are also this is interesting as like our bodies made up of water. You know, we we are uh, uh, what we are totally responsive to gravity and yeah. the universe in these ways. And so in that yeah. way, I'm like, this is just science. This is pure physics to say that you have no 
like the the push and pull of the fucking universe has nothing to do with you as an individual is just I think a ridiculous thing. So this is what I think too, Beth. I mean, and it makes me want to punch people in the face when they're like, no, like no, dude, you're from actually the earth. Your your neurology is from the earth. Your yeah. brain is part of the fucking earth. Like, shut up, loser. Like, you're not separate. You're not better. Yeah. That is a myth. That yeah. is a human myth that we were set up with. So like, to help us to like kill the earth basically so certain people could just make money. So in that essence though, believing in the Jesus myth to me is like a real thing as well because it fits mm-hmm. in to this like ancient astrological calendar. Right. And so and so right. much of like Catholicism relates to all religious calendars. They all all holidays fall, you know, like when we're celebrating Easter, Jewish people are celebrating Passover. Like these are all interconnected and it's, re- and it revolves around the fucking moon and the sun. And that's literally yeah. what all of this revolves okay. around. So in that sense, like why not believe in the Jesus myth? Um, but I'm just not sure. I just like, I would like to know that he was a real fucking person. I would, but I don't believe that he was. I don't feel like I don't I don't really feel particularly attached to either. I just really love honestly like I just really love these the stories of like different cultures meeting and particularly different like religious beliefs meeting mm-hmm. um, and how that affects the people. Actually like weird that this is like a big coincidence and I definitely was not going to bring this up because it's embarrassing but I'm watching that show Vikings right now from the History Channel. Oh yeah, and, I watched early seasons of it. Yeah, I'm on, like, I guess I just started season three, but, um, it's the monk, um, it's, like, Aristophanes, I can't think of his fucking name, um, but his character, like, that is the show for me, like, I'm fucking fascinated with his character, going back and forth, like, kind of, like, being the first person to learn both the languages of, like, the Vikings and the English, plus, like, he was a monk, so he's particularly interested in, like, their religions, and I like that stuff, that's cool Mm. to me. Yeah. And he, in the show, he does become a Christ figure. At one point, he actually is crucified. Anyway, well, uh, I guess we kind of got off this, but this stems to uh, 9-11 in the sense because... The zeitgeist. The zeitgeist. The zeitgeist. Because the zeitgeist. Um, yeah. But I guess my closing thoughts on 9-11... Uh, we could get into like this whole Jesus myth stuff for another episode. We do want to do an angels episode. So yeah. talk about angels. Um, but uh, closing thoughts on 9-11. No, yeah, really uh, fucked up day. I uh, it, it definitely, it affects, it affects you. I believe like, people still don't even really comprehend the grief of, of seeing those images and experiencing that on a national scale. Uh, and the way the news and television affects us in that way, like the triggers, uh, that, that event triggered, like and manipulated us in a far more uh, the, just the sheer trauma of it the psychic it's psychic trauma and yeah. like for instance like past that there was also um 
the uh, the the alerts that we had to, we had terror alerts all across the country. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh God, the terror colors that persisted for years. Yeah, that was the Warren's Terror Day. Better be extra careful. Bring your terrorist umbrella and make a phone call if you see any bags on the train. It makes like it's a yellow day. You're safer. You're relative. Like you can breathe easy, but you still call us if you see anything. But it's yellow, so we're good. Right. Like I, I don't know. It's terrifying. Um, and yeah, and just thinking, um, how that kind of, like, I'm thinking, like, uh, we haven't really even begun to emerge from this COVID-19 pandemic. And I'm like, wondering, like, what's the effect this is going to have? Are people dealing with the grief of this? Really? Are people really grieving yet? Or understanding? Because I feel like, no, no, I don't think people... Have no, people are just in denial agreed. about it right now. Everybody decided they're sick of it and they're in fucking denial and they're going to do whatever the fuck they want. Except like some people are wearing, some people are accepting the masks more. I yeah. feel like people are accepting it a little bit more. I feel like a lot of people are in denial. I go between both. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those that you don't know when it, we still don't know when this is ever going to like, there's no end date on this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a vaccine uh, for real takes like five to seven years um, to be approved. So this is just going to continue to unfold. And I feel like it's just going to like unfold. Like people are going to continue to get more comfortable with it. People are going to get more confident in, you know, treatments. Um, eventually there's going to be a vaccine. There's going to be some bullshit with the vaccine where like certain people are probably forced to get it. There's going to be side effects of the fucking vaccine because it's going to be fucking rushed. Mm -hmm. Um, and horrible things will happen you'll hear horrible stories. Everyone will be afraid for a little bit and people are going to be like, no, no, no. And then like, you know, whatever, it's just going to be a new vaccine and things will happen just like with every new vaccine. Um, it's going to be different cause it's not just one day. This is like years. Yeah. Um, Fucking crazy. But also I think we'll be working through it like at the same time. So like people have, like you have the opportunity to like maybe help somebody through it or, you know, emotionally or, with money or like whatever, like there's, I think we have more opportunity in our individual lives to actually feel like we're making a difference and helping somebody and having some control over the fucking situation. Whereas like one of the main hallmarks of PTSD, one of the main like things that is like makes you more likely to get it is if you're witnessing something that you have no control over and like you just have to helplessly watch and like the more horrific and more helpless you are the more horrific it is and the more helpless you are like the more like you you are to have like severe ptsd whereas something like this like i think you know people will go through things like where, where they see things and they have no control but like you might be able to help somebody in your neighborhood or you might be able to help somebody at work or you might go out and like protest and that you know what i mean that's it's like these are ways that we can feel like we're helping and um that gives us more chance i think of recovering later with being putting the whole situation to bed does that make sense well i think like on top of this situation that i'm dealing with is also feeling under threat by the police as a protester yeah um a lot of sense and that's traumatic for me that's been like a trauma i haven't really I feel, I feel it and I haven't really processed that. Like, I mean, like when I was out front of, I went to the Camp Teddy camps, uh, the Camp Teddy, whatever, encampment, um, 
the morning they were supposed to be evicted to in solidarity to be like, you know, I put like literally just put your body in front of this, you know, uh, not that many people were there. It was something maybe like 50 protesters okay. in addition to the people on the camps were there. There was a good group, you know, it wasn't like that desperate seeming, but there was even like, I'm like, we, you, you know, we're there, we're going through the proceedings of what these protests are like, which are people giving speeches, talking about the trauma that the homeless people are going through and their own first pers people's own personal struggles with homelessness and listening to these like heartbreaking speeches on top of that being like, don't forget everybody write this phone number down on your arm because we're probably going to get arrested today. And this was like, and it just, this was like, yeah, this is the experience of every protest. We uh, make sure you have this phone number in case you get arrested today. Make sure you know your rights, be ready to be tear gassed. Be ready to do this. Like, this is not protesting, like, the women's march. This is, like, way fucking different. Um, yeah, actual protesting. And then like, even... Protesting if you could get fucking shot by the cops. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, and then also while we're, we're in the street, because we're blocking, we're, we were in the street because we're trying to block the police from being, being able to actually approach the camp. That's the whole point. <laughs> Right, so someone could drive a truck into if they wanted to. Yeah, exactly. And someone did. While we were there, there was yes, a bulldozer well, that that came down halfway down the block and then turned around. Obviously just to fucking scare us, like, while we were there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when he came down, because we were there for, I was out front there for, like, two hours. And he came down the street. We were all lying on the ground because we had been there. For, we weren't standing anymore. We were all like sitting on the, the street. And yeah. he, so even to come down the street while everyone's fucking like sitting there is like fucking scary. Like what an asshole. Yeah, um, it's really scary. But yeah, just thinking about like, God, all this fucking shit. Um, anyway. um, no, I, I do think that uh, you and many others will suffer the effects of trauma due to this and it's going to be like that long-term trauma not like one thing that yeah. happened but like complex ptsd long-term issues and you know this is not the first time in humanity it's happened but like we talk about generational trauma like you know we can feel the generations before us like their trauma like effects in our bodies um i coincidentally actually should get here today i ordered the book the body keeps the score which is about exactly this topic coming highly recommended from many people what what's the book the book is called the body keeps the score and it is um like a pretty well-known pretty well-respected book about um the effects of trauma in your body and how like trauma recovery needs to involve um also like just releasing it from your body because that's your body holds it yeah and, like, things happen, like, you can't feel, like, physical feelings. Like, that has happened for me. Like, I'll get very numb. I dissociate. Um, and it happens a lot. Like, all the fucking time. Yeah. All the time. And I, I'm like, I don't feel right. I don't feel right. And, like, really, it's, like, probably a whole bunch of trauma shit. Yeah. And also reactive. Like, rage. I get rage. Um, you know, it's... You're constantly feeling under threat. So, like the longer that goes on and like your cortisol levels stay up and your body doesn't relax, like it like resets your body to be always like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it makes it harder to like have relationships. Um, and that's going to be what a lot of people are going to be on through. 
I wonder if a lot of people like didn't start families in their twenties because of nine eleven, like the previous generations have. I mean, I know there was a lot more to it than that, but because uh, it was also like everyone was in immense debt from college, and then there was a job shortage. Two thousand eight. Would you say? Two thousand eight happened. Yeah, two thousand eight happened, which again helped a bunch of fucking rich people and fucked. Yeah, exactly. That was the first time, and this is the second one, and this is going to be bigger than two thousand eight. They're taking our money. Because they think that they think it's theirs to begin with. Yeah, um, like they think they gave it to us by allowing us to work. Yeah, I would say me like feeling this shit. I feel it's like ridiculous. Like um, I, for instance, am like lying in a street in the morning, protesting for this encampment, and then going to clean someone's house in the afternoon. Like <clears throat> working is like really fucking weird now, and I actually. Don't, I'm probably, I might get fucking fired because I really don't have uh, a lot of, you know, patience or like I, I for any bullshit. I, I, and yeah. I normally don't anyway. But no, like, I don't either though. Now I'm like just really fucking tired. Like, yeah. you know, like, and uh, also like with other like volunteer shit that I'm doing, I'm kind of been like short with them because I'm like, yeah, it's tough for me to, like, come back on, log on to my, you know, inbox and be, like, you know, all PC emailing about, you know, doing shit. You know, I just, yeah. I I think, like, people in office jobs, I really feel for too, honestly, even though um, they make more money than me. But I feel for them as well because you're, like, working from your home office, so your job is actually encroaching on your personal space way more than it ever has before. Yeah, that's true. And you know your boss is going to take advantage of that shit, the fact that you're at home. Yeah. I mean, they'll be like, oh, well, you don't have that commute anymore, though, so can you just give me another hour? Fucking right, I know. That is the shit that's going to happen, and I know, I'm sure, it's already happening all over the place, because as a manager, I feel like if I were, like, a manager, I'd be like, like, I don't feel like I would want to be a dick like that, but, like, that's how their bosses are telling them to think. Yeah. And um, and then also you have no, like, work-life separation, which I think no. everybody really needs that. Uh, yep. And, yeah, and then you're dealing with all this trauma, and then, twenty like, eight hours of your day is, like, being a normal fucking person on email. Like, I mean, yeah, how can you yeah, do that? I know. Like, yeah, so I do, I feel, I feel for my office fam, yeah, office worker fam, but, um, you know, I don't know. I don't have the answers. Yeah, same here. Nobody does. Sometimes it's like, I have to remind myself constantly, like, that no one has the answers, like, literally every five seconds, like, cause I'll start thinking about it. And I'm like, well, what's the, re-? and I'm like, there's not an answer. There's just not one. Yeah. Fucking sucks. All right. Well, I think we should close this up. I think we've been talking for like two hours now, um, which right. is insane. Uh, not to be insane. Not to yeah. I don't want to offend anyone in the um, uh, mental health community. Mental that we were health just community. Yeah, I don't want to offend anyone in the mental health community. But to send us out on this episode, this is the final section. Is our send off. 
and you've made it through an entire episode of Two Hosts from Delco. And this is a special one because it's 9-11 going out this, uh, for Suicide Prevention Month. Uh, let's hear that the suicide hotline, Maureen, why don't we uh, give our listeners a suicide hotline? Don't kill yourself. Uh, you made it through this podcast. If you made it through listening to this, you can make it through the next day. Dude, you know, just I just what I just put in the word suicide and like seriously like the, 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 the suicide hotline was not the first thing that came up. I'm pretty disappointed by that. Suicide hot. It was like suicide squad that came up. <laughs> uh, suicide national prevention lifeline one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five for anyone who number one made it through this show or if you were just uh, thinking that you related to some of the PTSD symptoms we were talking about. Um, you could use that, you know, you can call them to ask for step in the right direction. And uh, they have texting, too, don't they? Uh, yeah, there's a chat, too. So when I put it in there right underneath the number, there's a chat that just goes, it's just a button uh, right on Google. Anyway, don't kill yourself. George Bush did 9-11. Marine, stay on the line because I wanted to, like, talk to you more. Okay. Okay. Uh, I love you, Maureen. I love you, too. Okay. Bye. Bye. George Bush did 9-11. Podcast. Podcast. do do Podcast. Two hoes. Two hoes. Four house on the hill. From Delco. Four house on the hill. Oh, yeah. Four house on the hill. Two hoes. Two hoes. Don't roll your skirt too short. Everybody's going to want to be up in that shorts.